for it. Wait for it. And action. 4.16 p.m. Just in time. <laughs> just in time to be 16 minutes late. <laughs> hey, better late than never, right? <laughs> yeah, There's definitely. Better late than never is the theme of the show, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 it should be. Let me turn this light on real quick. Uh, this is a, our show is a work in progress. <clears throat> sure. For those of you that are tuning in. That's better. All right. Hello, my name is Neil Karkanis. Welcome to Youth on Subjects of the World. I'm joined today by Jim Flannery. And today we're going to be talking about common misconceptions uh, for free schools, uh, free and democratic schools. So, uh, yeah. I don't know how we want to structure this episode. We well, kind of. First, uh, let's just start with the title: Democratic Free Schools. Free schools, democratic schools. What? What is right. going on here? You, even you stumbled <laughs> over the title, and we were debating what to call the, the episode. So, um, let's just be transparent. I, being the devil's advocate, said let's just call it Democratic Free Schools because then we will show up higher in the Google rankings, and we'll get more. Views. Yeah. So that, that was for the views. Let's be transparent. However, it is a controversial thing. Now, you tell me. What, what's going on? You're, you're in the thick of it. What's the deal with Democratic versus free versus Democratic free schools? And are they even schools or are they playgrounds? <laughs> so, you know, so what is a Democratic school? So I'm going to talk about a Democratic free school. So I attend a school called South Jersey Sudbury School. Uh, it is a Democratic free school. And uh, simply the way it works is that, uh, I mean, it, the name is, uh, or sorry, the, what it is is right there in the title. It's a democratic free school, meaning the students uh, vote on what, on, a, on what all the rules are. They vote, on what, um, they vote on hiring and firing of staff members. They vote on the budget of the school. They uh, will allocate money to certain areas if they wanted to, uh, certain, um, you know, budgetary, uh, all budgetary decisions uh, go to school meeting and school meeting uh, is comprised of all staff and students. And uh, well, the, that's the democratic aspect. The free aspect is, well, this is probably the hardest thing to explain because school meeting is, uh, is quite a simple concept when you think about it really. Uh, the, um, the, so yeah, free schools are uh, basically, you don't really, uh, you don't really get, uh, you, there aren't, first of all, there are no classes. And that's, I think, what most people are confused about. Well, how, do uh, how does a school class? exist with no classes? By the way, is this fan class? annoying really quick? Are you saying that there's no classes? Oh, Jim, I can't hear like, you. Uh, class warfare, like the haves and the have-nots. Or do you mean classes like a classroom where pupils sit in chairs listening to a lecture? What do you mean by class? So, Cars, can you repeat that question? Because my okay, you uh, said I, that one of the defining yeah. things about a free school is that there are no classes. Yes. And you use the word class, and I just want us to be very clear. When you say a class, are you saying there's no like classes in terms of social hierarchy, like? Middle class, lower class, upper middle class, <laughs> or I would say both. On in terms of a, a room with pupils and desks and a lecture, or or is there a different type of class? Like, because when someone says there's no classes, you know, just what does that mean? Tell me, just be very specific, because I think there's some misconceptions when people hear there's no classes at a Sudbury school. There, that might mean there's, you know, you, I mean, you tell me. I, I, I so before, misconceptions here, yes. That's very important. That's very important because before we uh, really talk about 
what free schools, uh, you know, what free schools are. We need to talk about what they aren't. And to be clear, they are not public school. And when I say classes, when I say classes, um, I do mean, uh, I mean, yeah, in the, I guess suppose in an abstract sense, there are no classes between, there are no like, you know, upper class and middle class. Uh, but no, there are no structured classes. Nobody, no, you're not required in any way, shape or form to sit down, listen to a lecture. In fact, there are no structured lectures. So um, I think the best way to get it, because it's a very foreign concept, uh, especially when we're calling it a school and it is again, legally a school. Um, but I think the, uh, I think a good way to just explain uh, just this like the core concept of it is if a student were to want to let's say sit down and do literally nothing that entire day there would be nothing stopping them from doing that um now do students do nothing all day no they don't they do they do many things that's kind of the whole point of a free school the whole point of a free school is kind of exploring this idea and really this truth that children do not want to sit down and do nothing all day children want to do things all day so if we so even if we're not forcing them to do things, they're still going to do things and learn. I know that's a very hard thing to understand because uh, the, our school, the whole school system treats kids as if, you know, they don't, they don't really want to, to learn at all. They just want to, you know, do whatever kids do. Um, but in, in reality, I think that um, uh, the school system really suppresses the want to learn because it, it teaches kids because um, they are really learning in public school. What they're learning is that learning isn't fun uh, and learning is not a rewarding experience. Uh, but when you're really uh, removed from that, from, but when you're removed from this environment where you're forced to do things, learning can become just as rewarding as let's say a child playing or a child um, you know, playing a video game. Learning can be just as, re uh, as a rewarding experience as that can be because it's seen as an activity that they enjoy, not as an activity they are required to do. Can you come a little closer to the mic, Jim? I can't really hear you well. Sorry. Um, so I went through what I would, I guess I would call a conventional schooling myself, where, you know, uh, through, say, 12 years of K through 12, or that's 13 years of K through 12 school. And, you know, each school year, from the fall to the spring, we would have maybe six, you know, you know, for the first six or seven years, you'd be with the same class all day. Same 20 kids all day for like, you know, every year it would rotate, but that was for six years. And then for, say, another six years, it'd be um, throughout the day, every hour you would change classes. So you'd go like English for an hour, social studies for an hour, Spanish for an hour, math for an hour, science for an hour, gym for an hour, go home. Right? Every day. And then you get tested every, like, say, two weeks and every subject. It was very broken down. And there was a curriculum, and you were following, like, really like a roadmap that, that some people had laid out for 13 years of your life. Like, people who we think of as being, you know, these wicked, smart, credentialed folks who planned out this roadmap. And they planned it all out, I guess, you know, with good intention, and they're smart people. Um, and you're saying, yo, nah, we're just going to not do that. Thanks, yeah, but no thanks. In fact, it sounds like what you're saying is that your approach is better than this thing that all these people designed and implemented for you. Yes, sir. Okay, now do you think that's the case for every kid or are you special? Neil, are you special? <laughs> I mean, I, when I, was, I mean, are you special, Neil? 
<laughs> you know, I don't think I, I don't think I uh, really am. And uh, is this the case for every kid? Uh, I think the answer is, uh, uh, um, I, I would give it an unapologetic, uh, n without hesitation, no. And I'm not, but I think it is, but I think it is for most kids. And when I say it, when I mean not every kid, I don't mean, oh, your kid has to meet these criteria to come. I simply mean your kid can't, you know, the children cannot be violent and they cannot be uh, out of control trying to hit people. But literally anything other than that, also potty trained, literally anything other than that, really, I think you, it is better. Um, and I've seen the evidence firsthand. Um, and also, um, like, and again, just to be clear, when I really do say not all kids, I think uh, pretty much every single public school friend or public school kid I've ever met, um, like, if basically, if, if you're, if you can behave yourself enough to even stay in public school, you're easily able to come to a free school. When I mean behave yourself, I just mean violence. I don't mean sitting down. You don't have to sit yeah. down in our school. I just mean, like, as long as you're not violent. That's, like, the only criteria we have. Okay. So I guess I, if I'm being transparent, I, I know you. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that um, I know that because of the way you talk, people's perception of you is that you are a smart person. That doesn't mean you're not smart, right? <laughs> right. It doesn't mean you're not, but that yeah. you, you certainly come off as someone that presents themselves as being smart. And so I could picture somebody saying, as I've heard this expression, like as uh, a parent, and even kids, I think on both sides. So I, I could picture a parent saying like, oh, well, that might work for this kid who's this like hardworking, self-starting, go-getting kid, yeah. but not my kid. Or mm -hmm. you might have a kid who thinks, oh, geez, you know, um, Neil is a... a a boy who's a middle class or upper middle class, or I don't know where in the classes of classes we are, uh, a brown kid, beige, I don't know what color, golden, <laughs> ebony, bronze. Let's call it, let's call it, uh, let's, call it a, let's call it pleasant shade of tan. Pleasant shade <laughs> of tan. Oh man, what it, it sounds like between two ferns. What a name for a podcast. <laughs> pleasant shade of tan, right? So they get into all these like identity politics about it. Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. it's because of this or this or this. And then they just use, you know, so. The reason you succeed. For? Let's play yeah. this. Who is a democratic school or a democratic free school or free school? Who is it not for? Well, who is, again. Who, uh, who is not, well, not welcome, but who is it just not a good fit for? So before I get into that, I do want to talk about what something you said earlier, which I, I'm very glad you brought up, which was uh, basically like why there must be some, is there, is there really something about the kids there or you know i mean i don't consider myself to be smarter than anyone else i i know but i am i know i am well spoken and to be completely honest i developed that because of the free and democratic schools because you have to in a community where you're all equal you have to express yourself to get things done because expressing yourself actually does get things done because in public school expressing yourself might not get things done because at the end of the day it's a superior's call what happens but in a democratic school if you can express yourself in a way that is you know um eloquent um uh, you're charismatic and you're to the point, you can actually change things. And I have changed things and so have my friends. But to get to well, the point where, oh. Me, what, have you, what have you changed? You're, you're talking a good game here that you've, uh, you've, spoken <laughs> eloquent, you've spoken eloquently and made change in the world or in, in your community, which is, which is the world. Tell me a story, Neil. Tell me, how, tell me what happened. 
Let's think here. What was the last thing I remember changing? Whatever the most the meaningful thing was. Doesn't need to meaningful. Be the most okay. The one that like, yeah, that you felt the strongest about, or that was the most difficult, or I don't know, you felt the most proud of. I mean, it is. You know, it's hard to say because I. I mean, when when you're in when you're part of a community, um, a school that literally is run by the kids there, um, you know, you and you have such a small community too. Uh, people really do. Um, people really do. Uh, uh, they we change a lot. We don't change a lot, but we talk about a lot and we do a lot of things. So I. Um, and how, many, um, how many kids are at the school at, at, so at South Jersey Sudbury? We should get this, a little bit of that 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 set and setting of what you've seen. So this school has this South Jersey Sudbury school has twenty five kids right now, um, and the so there's actually I my family and I were actually snowbirds, so we go back and forth between Florida and New Jersey. Um, and I actually go to a Sudbury school in Florida too called Spring Valley School. And that school has about 35 kids. Um, I'm trying to think of the most, the biggest thing. Well, so it's, yeah, you've seen two different schools. I forget that you bounced yeah. between two. I often think about uh, Dylan because he's been in like multiple educational settings. I forget that you've, I mean, you've done a variety as well. I, I didn't mean to yeah. sell you short. <laughs> yeah. And I, I uh, so I, so yeah, but about, I think, so it really is hard to, so for example, I would say, I mean, I think we've done uh, one of the, one of some of the things we've done are, first of all, it's hard to say because when you build a school, so I was there the first day of the school opening, South Jersey Sudbury school opening, not Spring Valley. Spring Valley has been there for 25 years, but I was there the first day South Jersey Sudbury school opened. So I literally with uh, people that be have become my friends and with the staff members there, we literally built the school from the ground up that day and onward, and it's still a work in progress. Like we're a relatively young school. We've been around uh, for what, five, uh, five or so, 60 years. Um, so uh, we're still, we're still uh, learning and we're still creating our school. Like one of the things we did recently is we reformed. So we have something in school called JC and it's basically, there are two main branches of the school. There's JC and there's school meeting. School meeting, like I said earlier, has the every single member of the school is a member of, and they handle literally everything in the school. Um, but JC will also handle like judicial cases, like disputes between children. So um, it is- Yeah, sure, can you, yeah, just, yeah. I, I can't hear you that well. Okay, okay yeah. So, so the, the JC. Yep. So the, okay, I'll get a little closer here a second. So you said that there's the JC, which is a subset of students, and is the judicial committee or council. Yep. And judicial then there's committee. the school yep. meeting, which is all of the students. Would you say that the that the JC, the students are that are in the JC, are also a part of school meeting, or are these separate bodies? So good, that's a really good question. So um, the way, and I'm glad you brought that up because I probably would have forgotten to address it. So it's very important. JC, um, every JC member is actually, so the way JC works, it's like a jury. So it's three, it's three school meeting members that serve on a rotating basis. And every single school meeting member serves on JC. This week is actually my week to be on JC. Okay. Um, so every single student serves on JC. So when the, let's say I were to write up my friend Dylan because he left his um, he left his water bottle out. He left his water bottle at school when he left him for home. And I was like, yeah, you can't leave your stuff here, man. Uh, we'd go to JC and it would be three, uh, three of our peers, three of our friends, because it's a rotating panel of three students every single uh, week. 
So everybody gets a chance on JC. So that's one of the biggest things. Rather than a superior to inferior process of dis- of resolving disputes, it's a peer to peer process. Right. And, and you, that's by the a way, you're, you're single. You have one staff member, and they also are part of this rotation, right? Correct. So the way, so the re- the reason I use the term normally, the reason I'm using the term school meeting members and not students, is because school meeting members is a catch all term for all staff members and students. So a staff member's vote is just as equal to a student. So in actually staff members write up students and students write up staff members. Staff members have gotten a harsh, a hard, like some harsh sentences from uh, JC just because, you know, they've made mistakes in, in handling certain things or maybe they forgot to do something. And JC's like, hey, yeah, you know, you can't do this. You're going to have to get a... Um, you know, you're going to have to get, uh, have to, you know, do something for this to make uh, amends for it. And maybe they'll be, so yeah, so everybody gets written up. And that's what the most important part about JC is that uh, it's not a punitive process. And that's what I was talking about. What uh, you were asking me earlier, what is the biggest thing I think we've done for the school? And that is we recently reformed our JC process to be less punitive. Um, so we actually, we actually completely removed the word punishment from any of the language we use in JC. We use the word restorative action. Um, and the reason we're using the word restorative action is because we really want to get the point across that we're not trying to punish anybody. We're simply trying to uh, we're simply trying to restore. Like if you hurt the community, we're trying to help restore your standing in the community and restore what you took away from the community. And we did a lot more than that. Like we we um, well, let me, revamped. Let me ask you this, by the way, yeah. while you're talking about language, mm-hmm. if you use that word, like you change what you call it, right? So you took the word punishment out, and now you call it like restorative justice or the word. But you're still doing the exact same thing to people. You're just calling it a different word. That's not true. Let me tell you what. Or have you changed what you do as well? It's not just the word. That's a good, yeah, good question. So what we actually changed was we, uh, what we did was is so the way JC worked before was that if the three JC members agreed that the uh, defendant was guilty. They, then they could also sentence the defendant to any uh, sentence they saw fit. We recently completely changed it. So now it's actually it's actually the three JC members and the defendant have to agree on if the defendant is guilty. And if the defendant is guilty, and if the defendant is guilty, then um, uh, and if the defendant, sorry, if the defendant is guilty, then the defendant also has to agree on the restorative action. So literally, Everyone has to agree. So the defendant, the person being written up themselves has to agree on what they are being sentenced to. So it really is a cooperative process because JC can what physically- What if they refuse? What if I say, no, <laughs> not doing it. I'm not washing your dishes. So if you, so if a student does do say that, well, then what we, what we can do, well, what we can do is we can, um, uh, well, what we can do is uh, it will go to so a lot of the t- so JC is required then to talk it out with the student and go through a whole process and try to communicate with them the best they can. If all communication breaks down, if they just cannot get through whatever it may be, if the student's just not re- if the student, I shouldn't say student, by the way, I should say defendant because staff members get written up too. If the defendant is not responsive, if the defendant is just I, I don't want to hear any of this. Um, then it can go to, and it and it rarely does actually, because people because when you talk, people will be surprised how reasonable people other people are when you just talk to them. Right. But uh, it's only happened ever once actually. But um, it was uh, then if they just refuse to believe it, if JC and the defendant cannot agree, then it goes to a school meeting trial, and the school meeting trial right. will then decide. And school meeting trials are very serious. We've only ever had one school meeting trial, 
and it's um the entire school must about? attend. Tell me that story. God, I don't you know. I don't really remember. Yes, it was actually quite minor. <laughs> it was actually quite minor. Uh, the school meeting trial. Uh, it was just a new. Ch- it was a new student who really didn't understand JC that much, and uh, he did something I think relatively. Mi- well, actually, no. He was. I think he was. He was. Um. He was just using like inappropriate language, like cursing a lot in front of like very young students. We were like, "Hey, man, you can't like. It's fine if you curse here. We're not trying to be like prudes or anything, but you're taking like you're talking to, like the four year olds and you're cursing all the time, and and it's like and you're taking them on and you're going you're going and talking low with them. It's so uh, you know you can't. Yeah, they're gonna go home and repeat that to their parents like they're for you this you know and it was it was a specific it was specifically also a student who was very very young and she was very uh impressionable too and he was just and he was just uh you know saying things that were just very inappropriate for just it wouldn't be good for the school if someone had even found out so um we just and so we just if i could pause you for a minute now it's interesting that the one one would say that the logical choice for this person is to just leave the community if if you don't want to comply with this law enforcement just leave. But uh-huh. in this case they were saying no 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 I want to stay but I don't want to follow your rule it sounds like. Right so I think he was saying that he wasn't he was he was contesting that he wasn't actually guilty because I was think the, we wrote what was a, the offense again it was like a free speech so, thing. So um, he so basically, I think the rule he was written up for was technically so we don't actually have any rules against swearing. Um, we only have a rule against, I think, swearing inside of the main building. And we have rules about, I think, uh, you can't use inappropriate language, like very inappropriate language in front of the youngest members of the school. And he's written up for those rules. And he was trying to say, like, I don't think I broke that rule. I don't think it was that inappropriate. And it was just a disagreement. But we actually so had rules the students all made. Yes, correct. Okay. Absolutely. That's very important. But and, also, and can I can I add something? Yeah. yeah I think up, I think high I'm... definition. This guy's got the HD showing up in HD. But his mic sucks, <laughs> Dylan. What's happening? Why? That's why right, dude, mic? Your powers combined. This is cool. Well, I got I got kicked out of my room. So. Oh, dude. <laughs> <Mama>. <laughs> so I had to run downstairs. I don't have a mic down here, except for the ones on my headphones. But at oh, least yeah. it's not as bad as Jim's. Okay. Yeah, it's not as bad as Jim's, but it's uh, it's pretty <laughs> uh, peaky. <laughs> well, no, but, but... honestly, I have a better um, I have, I don't have all my stuff, guys. I wasn't super prepared. It's been a busy day. I told you I announced my. <laughs> I listen, the leprechaun. I am the puppet of the leprechaun. I'm just the puppet here. So I had a busy day. I was like playing puppet. I am the puppet. The, the leprechaun's the puppet master. I'm just doing what it, 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 it or they, whatever, tells me. So it's a busy day, and I didn't bring on. I didn't bring all my gear, but I got us on the air on time. Oh, not on time. I was also late. <laughs> Sixteen late minutes late, the, but we're good. We're good. But we're on with fiber optics. It's streaming. We have Fantastic. very good conversation and an important conversation here about democratic preschools and misconceptions. And, um, Welcome to the yeah. highest production podcast on the internet. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> you, know, you want to continue your hey, story? Hey, it'll be everybody. But here, what this is what, what I wanted to say was, um, I think the great thing about Sudbury too is like maybe with with the something that's different about it than like an, uh, the American judicial system is like the American judicial system when you make a law, it has to be able to get around every single loophole, right? And judges have to only follow the law. But like. At Sudbury, it can be more common sense. It can be more common sense. Like, it doesn't have to be so hard to find when we make a rule or when we're going to, you, like, somebody breaks one of those rules. We can be like, 
okay, well, the rule doesn't exactly say that, but it's close enough. It doesn't have to be the exact thing. And we know, okay, for this scenario, we we're able would to use like common to sense, yeah, because we're we're all part of a well, community. Me, we on, all let understand me bring what the intention. Because I, I, for anyone well, who let was me, listening, let me, yo, yeah, for anyone who was listening, they were hearing a story, and then I know Dylan joined. So the story Neil was telling, and if you could bring your your side of this story in, um, he was telling a story about a kid who was new to the school, and he was using some inappropriate language around younger people, and specifically indoors. I guess there were certain rules that. Said, like, so it was outdoors no too, swearing but in the building and no swearing around the younger children. And so it went to a, a school meeting trial. Mm-hmm. So this was a so big deal, I guess. Neil says it was it a was. thing, but it went to a trial. It did, which was, but the best part about what happened with the trial is that the kid who was written up ended up actually at the trial. He basically realized, if you will, if there's no other word, the error of his ways. And he was like, yeah, because everyone because everyone in the trial, we weren't just like, you know what, man, screw you. We're going to sentence you. We're going to suspend you. We're going to expel you. You don't even get to talk because school meeting could do that. But again, we're a community. So we all sat down. We said, hey, uh, listen, uh, this is why we think it's X, Y, Z, ABC. And we talked for so long. And I think the fact that it wasn't just three people, it was the entire school collectively telling him that it was wrong. He said, you know what? You are right. I was wrong, and I am guilty. So we've literally, so we had, we have had one school meeting trial, but we've never had a school meeting trial. We've never had a school meeting trial or any situation where the person has not pleaded guilty at the end of the day, and JC thinks they're guilty. We've never had that. Wow. We've never had. We've never had a student not self-aware enough to admit their own guilt, or any school meeting member. All right, let me play devil's advocate, if I may. <laughs> you just used some interesting language. You've never had a student that was not self-aware enough to admit mm-hmm. their own guilt yes so in there there's a certain requirement or a criteria here of whether somebody is competent or mentally capable right so how would you deal with somebody who you deem to be not of the right mind right you're saying that you've never had that happen before what would you do if someone walked in the door who was that person okay so actually we okay so Maybe I should rephrase my language because we have had people who've come in because a lot of people see Sudbury as not an alternative to public school, but as a last resort after their kid has been kicked out from public school for being violent or uh, doing various other things. And that is very much not what Sudbury is. Uh, Sudbury is an alternative path. And if if I quite simply, um, and it is unfortunate because I think there should be, there are, and there should be more you know, resources for children that don't, that don't literally, literally don't have, you know, the mental capacity to, uh, you know, uh, self-reflect, be self-aware and understand and understand the complex processes of the school. And you have that problem with little kids sometimes, but mainly you can get through them, but for some, but basically um, it, it would be so a I'm gonna, I gotta, let me Let me redirect you. Let me redirect you. Cause mm-hmm. I, I know that we're going down a slippery slope and you're, you're, you're beginning to, uh, assume that the people I'm describing are violent, which is a common misconception that deserves its own episode. So (laughs) let's instead, let's instead say, hey, you know what, Jim, maybe all these people you're describing aren't actually violent. And instead say that you got a young person who's interested in the law. So you get some young 10-year-old kid who really wants to study law. And they're like, man, the world's fucked. And I want to corrupt the fuckedness. And they're like, hmm, they look up the word fuckedness in the dictionary. They're like, that's not a word. It should be a word. Where do the words come from? And then they decide, yo, I'll become a lawyer so I can make up words like fuckedness. And they look up 
uh, Sudbury schools because they're like, wait a minute, they make their own laws there. If I want to learn to make laws, I should go to the place where I can make laws. So someone comes into your school, they believe in your mission, they want to be a part of what you're doing. However, that unique person who is a perfect fit for Sudbury, you would agree that's a perfect fit for Sudbury. Yep. Someone who's Absolutely. passionate about the law, and, and, and they wants... and they break and they break rule, and they simply disagree that they broke the rule to school meeting, like and they, all the way up to school meeting. They want to just basically come in there and filibuster your shit because they are they want to learn about the law, and so it's in their best interest to go around making laws and making complaints and. And it's not that they're a Red Bull in a way that they don't like you guys. They love what you're doing. They're huge fans right. of your work, but they're coming in there to push you to see how far they can fucking take. So let me your, make sure. So basically, so are we are we are we taking like are we taking like a scenario where someone were to let's say go to JC and this this hypothetical student would not literally would just would not care about would not care about um, JC's opinion basically. Yeah, uh, like you have a rule that says everyone has to wear a hat. And 30 people uh, uh, say everyone has to wear a hat. And one guy says, nah, fuck it. Now I'm not wearing a hat. It screws up my dope haircut. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. It's a requirement. You have to. And he's like, yo, you've seen my haircut? I get a dope-ass haircut. I'm not doing it. And, and they, they get written up for breaking the rule. And then you're like, okay, as a penalty for not wearing your hat, we're going to make you wear a sign that's set around your chest that says all hats are dope or whatever. We're going to make you wear one. We'll force We'll just uh, Velcro under your head, whatever. Who cares? But then that person says, like, yo, I just disagree with you guys, and I, I'm never going to get the majority vote. I'm always going right, to be the me, let me, vote, let me take you, Let me take you through a situation where, let's say somebody, let's take it back to the, let's take it back to an example where, let's say the kid who was written up, uh, the actual example of the kid who was written up um, yeah. for, for um, you know, the, the swearing thing. And if he, if during school meeting, he just said, Hey guys, look, I just don't agree that this should be a rule or I don't agree that I just don't agree that I broke the rule. I don't agree that if he just straight up did not agree, like just refused to agree. What happens is, is the reason it's going in front of school meeting is because school meeting makes the final call. So if school meeting by a majority vote says, Hey, you're guilty at that point, there's nothing the student can, there's nothing, there's nothing the defendant can do, but take the consequence or the, the restorative action, if you will. Uh, so the student will then have to uh, perform whatever school meeting said. So if school meeting says, Hey, you can't go on any walks anymore because that's where you did all this stuff. And also you would have to, um, help this guy out with their cleanup job because you also do a cleanup job to help keep the school clean uh, students and staff alike. Hey, you have to do this person's cleanup job because you, you, um, you disrespected them when you broke this rule. So at that point, if it ever gets to that point, and again, it's never actually gotten to that point before, but if it did get to that point, then that is exactly what school meeting would do. School meeting would, by a majority vote, convict the person and the person, and the only uh, basically dissent that the person would have is, um, is uh, to vote against it. And but the thing is, is that that's why JC is so. What if they just very... kept breaking the rule, though, Neil? I'm just talking about somebody who just says, "Yo, you can punish me all you want. I'm going to keep breaking the rule. I do." Uh, not then we care say, about then we say bye. The then we say but bye. I love all of you guys. I love yeah. all of you. I love all thirty of you. You're great people, but I do not care about your rule. Look, we've never we've had to expel people in the past. I want to be clear. We've we've never hated. The people we've well maybe one percent we never hated almost any of the people we've had to expel we've had to expel I think three students and a lot of it was for uh, violence but um, we've never hated anyone we've had to expel but if you're but that's a, that's a great example of someone I, mean, you're just I like, hated one of them I hated one of them that one the, there was one kid we hate we're not going to talk about him yeah yeah let's not hate on anyone but I'm asking I'm bringing I hate this one up person. because this is no, this is really important because 
All the democratic if you cannot do that, then you will be expelled. If you do not follow, if you if you if you continue to break the rules for like a month and you just refuse to do them right. and you refuse the school meeting, you will be expelled. That's any school, though. And again, I was just going to say, is, like, if I compare democratic free schools to a public school, and the public yeah. school, like, they're supposed, to, you know, uh, democratic free schools, all the ones I'm aware of, are private. They're private. Yeah. And though many of them have sliding scales, which go down to zero, but they are private. They can choose to expel you and get you out. Whereas public schools are supposed supposed to be open to everybody. However, they expel people from those places too. Right? I know some people yeah. have been expelled from public schools. Yeah, and and, he, and here's the big difference, by the way. Uh, the big the the big difference um, is that. Uh, at a at a Sudbury school, if you disagree with the rule, you can change the rule. Like we've had people who will go to school, be written up for something. They'd be like, you know what? Yeah, I broke the rule. I'll take the restorative action. I'll do what I have to do to make the community to uh, to help what I did. But you know, I also don't agree with that rule. So next school meeting, I'm just going to delete that rule now. And then they've gone to school meeting. There's been a debate, and then the rules either been sustained or abolished. All right. Well, listen. You've, uh, we got like, uh, if we want to keep this thing to end at five, we have 10 minutes. So what you've done so far is you've convinced me that I can't go in there and destroy and go crazy and, and run them up. Right. So and I want to be clear, the legal, the, the legally, by the way, cause, uh, legally also the power does rest in school meetings. So like the, the actual entity, right. the legal entity that is the Sudbury school this is for all Sudbury schools. It is school meeting. So school meeting okay, is the okay. legal entity. Yeah. So, so, so that's mm -hmm. one of the great fears, right? Is that some kid's going to go crazy and be violent. And your answer is basically if you're violent and you're going to get expelled, which by the way, is the same thing that happens in a public school, right? Now, the yeah. other concern that people have is what if the kid does nothing? So it's the opposite end of the spectrum. That's it, right? One concern is one thing. They're going to go like crazy bananas. And then the other one is like, what if they don't do anything and they just waste away their childhood and they become stupid and dumb? They never get a job. They don't move out of the house. They, whatever yeah. all these things are, or they don't so go let to me college. Tell you. you know, like all the criteria. That I mean, think about. I mean, that's about basically that? me. <laughs> that's that's hey, don't talk about Dylan like that, Jim. What are you talking about, Dylan? <laughs> I, I well, Dylan's in a prime position because I, I've, I've sort of slowly started to extend him uh, a possible opportunity to be. Uh, nominated or whatever to run. Oh yeah, I know, Jim. Prize. I was, I, again, I was, I, I was talking. I got to form the board, and then I've got to present you to the board. There's a process. For those of you who don't know, there's a there's a chatting thing for basically kids who uh, want basically want to be, uh, you know, free. It's like a it's a place for uh you know teenagers, kids, and and youths to uh, talk about you know uh basically about free school and alternative education. And uh, where Dylan might be the leader of that soon, the uh, undisputed yes, supreme leader, <laughs> dear leader, lived ten thousand years. What am I? What we can talk about that actually, Dylan. Instead, tell me about the apprenticeship. That's actually way more. Because, I mean, I'm the war game man behind the pun. Tell me what you did with the apprenticeship and that whole thing. Because that is, like, your initiative that you did. What the thing? I, what are you talking about? The thing I'm yeah, doing so now? So, 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 Dylan, so, let me, so Dylan is a graduate. So Dylan has... So yes, Dylan yes, has yes. yes wait so Dylan has graduated from South Jersey Subway School and an example of what this is an example of what he's done basically with his time so far he just graduated mm -hmm. recently so Dylan yeah so I just graduated and then I had a ton I actually had a lot of different plans you know that I wanted I wanted to go join a commune I actually still very much want to do that it's not just a little thing I've been wanting to do it for a really long time but I was sitting around the other day and I just this is like a couple weeks ago I guess last week 
and I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like, I could go get a job somewhere, just make a little bit of money, but I didn't, you know, I just, I more wanted to do something for fun, something that I'd really enjoy. And uh, I love music and I want to learn about building stuff and being a craftsman. So I had this weird idea to go try and look up like luthiers who are people that build string instruments. But this guy I found makes guitars. And the past like week and today, I've been just hanging out with him and he's been showing me a bunch of different stuff. And I've been uh, starting to work on my own guitars at his shop. He's a, he's a very, very, very nice guy. Uh, I've just been helping him clean up his shop and he'll show me how to do a bunch of different stuff. But I've just been learning a ton. It's been freaking awesome. Just getting to hang out with him. He knows so much about guitars. I'm fixing that. So I'm working on my own. So to get back to the question you asked, Jim, what if a child did nothing at the school? Well, first of all, I would say, I mean, obviously you can do what ifs, but I would say, and I will, I, I will say, first of all, it's never happened. And I'll say, and I will say with confidence that will never happen. And the reason is because, um, is because of the power, something that really matters in free schools. And that's the power of boredom. So we see boredom as a really, really negative thing that, um, and the, which is a, but it's really, really, a, it's, it's an incredibly powerful thing because when you're bored, when you have true boredom, uh, a, a complete, uh, st- when you're a complete state of, I do not know what to do, that is when you truly venture out into different paths and discover what you want to learn. You know, and, and actually there's, Neil, there's, I heard a really great quote from mm-hmm. uh, a YouTuber movie maker named Casey Neistat. Yeah. And he was talking about in his early days, you know, he was like 15 and had a kid and was working at this chowder, clam chowder, like seafood restaurant as a dishwasher. And he said a lot of hopes and dreams were were created at the bottoms of chowder, um, chowder bowls. <laughs> and I always like that. I like that quote a lot. You know, like that's good. Just, you mentioned boredom. All right. So. I would say that in my life, I have benefited great deal, uh, a great deal from the luxury of time. What, you, what you're describing is the luxury of having so much free time yes, that you exactly ha- what can do. become bored. Yep. Now, for some kids, when I was a teacher, which was brief, or when I was a, a career professional government teacher, whatever you call it, I know kids where when they were not in school, they were home taking care of their siblings. So for some kids, going to school is like the escape from the duty of being a, a almost a child parent. So like they don't ever get that that luxury of boredom to explore. They're just like go 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 go. So like and that's the reality for a lot of young people. It's like not talked about a lot, but there's a lot of young people that are playing the role of being like a student at like middle school, high school. And then they are also like taking care of their younger siblings when they get out of school. And so the idea of like boredom and free time to those folks, like is like just non-existent. Like if they were not in school, they'd be just, you know, they would be doing more caretaking because school uh, in many ways acts as sort of a daycare. So what about kids like that? What do you, what do you picture with some folks like that? Like with the idea of being bored isn't even um, in their consciousness that they don't know what boredom is. And even having devices like cell phones and stuff in your pocket, that idea of not even knowing what is boredom, like how do you even introduce that to to, to a person? And even telling them then that that's a luxury and not a waste of their time. 
so I think, so I think, um, first of all, any child, any person is going to, is going to perform uh, some sort of task when they get to the school because uh, it's basically like having complete free time. So they get there, what are they going to do? They're probably going to go on their phone, right? Because what else do you do when you go to someplace you don't know, you don't know what to do? Okay, on your phone. That happens uh, all the time. So um, for the little kids, most of the time it's playing outside with the other kids. Uh, for the uh, adults, um, sorry, for the teenagers, it's uh, again, most of the time um, on their phone. So anything, anything, is going to trigger boredom after a certain amount of time. And I don't think anybody understands that, truly understands that except for Sudbury kids. Because I think that's the that's probably actually a good way to end the show because that's the biggest misconception about free schools that you're just going to sit down, either play video games, you're going to sit down, be on your phone, you're going to read, you're just going to read books all day, you're just going to do X, Y, you're going to do X all day, you're going to do Y all day, you're going to do Z all day. Here's the thing. No, you won't <laughs> because, or you may for a few days, but you simply will not spend your entire time at school doing one thing. And guess what? Only, I think only Sudbury kids truly understand this because they, they, they're the only ones with the actual freedom to pursue something to the point where doing, where doing this makes you bored. For a kid who's, who gets up, goes to school, comes home, does homework, then they can play video games for like five hours on the weekends, like 10 hours on the weekends because they're just like, you know, sitting down, zoned out because it's like, this is the only time they get. But when 24 seven, you are fully allowed to play video games. Some kids, some rare cases might do that for a full week, but I guarantee you it's ending very soon because you simply, it's simply not sustainable. The human brain boredom exists to allow us to learn and venture out. We would not have survived otherwise if we didn't have it. When you're only doing things for your own enjoyment, you're you're not doing it for, I mean, obviously this, this speaks for itself, but you're not doing it for anybody else. Like you're only doing it because it makes you happy. And as soon as it stops bringing you joy or making you happy, or you feel like you're getting something out of it, you just stop and you move on to the next thing that will bring you joy or make you feel fulfilled. And when you're yeah. filling your day with things that are just making you feel fulfilled with yourself, I think that's an incredibly powerful thing for any child to have. Not even just child, just any human being to have. To know that they have the power to do what they want to do. Let's close on that. What a great line. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching Youth on Subjects of the World or and uh, KOC Radio, Kids on, or what is it? Kids on Current Events. Yeah, Kids on Current Events Radio. I like that. KOC Radio. KOC. Um, KOC Radio. Back at it. All right. And uh, we will come back at you. Uh, I, I would say next week, whenever we have another show, we'll be back at you with a uh, better audio. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for uh, watching. Have a wonderful day. And uh, yeah, thanks. Bye-bye.